Thank you. Okay, that that simple. Voila, that's it. We've done it. <laughs> so, isn't that the ways we describe the the, the, the Buddha uh, awake and free? Huh? So that's. It seems like it's a good practice. Like it's very much in line with these description. So we're sitting here and trying to be awake. <laughs> awake to what's happening, you know. Awake to sensitivity to the dynamic nature of the human experience, you know, constantly touched by sounds uh, or silence, whatever is there in the soundscape can be known, you know, it can be experienced in some way. Uh, You know, in the the body field also, there is always, you know, there's always uh, being touched. Sometimes it's called in the text uh, impingement, constantly Constant impingement. Is that, does it sound like pejorative or bad news? No, it's neutral. Impingement. It's what? Something bad that happens to a nerve. It's it's, uh, being uh, impinged. Yeah, that's why I thought, like, uh, it sounds like bad news, no? (laughs) Well, I mean, that's how the Buddha described reality, you know? So you're sitting there, and I mean, you don't even have to be sitting, you can be standing in any posture. You know, if you have senses, there's going to be impingement. You know, if there's sight, things are going, information's going to come in. You know, it's not always pleasant. If there's ears, you know, you might run into beautiful sounds, but you might not. You know, if you have a body, it might feel good, <laughs> sweet, but sometimes like, you know, <laughs> that's the that's the uh, how vulnerable we are when we have senses. You know, they're open and they're going to feel stuff. You know, and uh, and if you happen to have uh, the other taste and smell, that's also a bunch of impingement. Sometimes it's ecstatic. You know, sometimes it's uh, it's not. You know. <laughs> And if you have a heart or mind, call it as you want, impingement, you know, (laughs) ideas cross, they're not all pretty, you know, and uh, feeling comes, they're not all easy to bear, you know, and so what a strange situation, you know, to be a, a human being, you know. Even if you're in privilege, if you happen to be the right gender, color, size, you know, uh, social status, bank account, like you have all these aligns, you know, you have all these aligns, not sure it's going to be that pretty either. You know, there is going to be impingement also. Even the rich (laughs) are impinged. (laughs) 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 And uh, so in this way, we're going through that together, And so we come here and we wake up. That's a kind of waking up. It's a a lot of bad news. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we could wish something else or spend a lot of time denying or trying to bypass. It's exhausting. Many have tried. (laughs) Uh, You know. And so here what we do is we become really uh, realistic in a way. We wake up to reality. That's definitely the... 
how the Buddha talked about this practice. So we sit here and we notice impingement. You know, we notice uh, how sometimes it's lovely at the sense doors. You know, and then maybe we can sitting here or practicing as we're moving about and being in life, we can practice the art or science, not easy, of holding the beautiful in a wise way, you know, of, of uh, letting oneself actually feel the experience of beauty, how sensitive we are to beauty, meaning, uh, you know, uh, gratification, you know, when it feels good, it feels good, it does feel good, no? It's not made up, you know, like we really, it does feel good. We hear something lovely, a beautiful idea, you know, wow, beautiful, I feel my mind opens, you know, it touches me, wow, my heart, this is so beautiful, what you just said, or what we just saw, or, you know, t- t- just about spring coming up today. Enjoy it because I saw the. <laughs> I don't want to br- impinge you with bad ideas, but it's going to be raining for a few days. <laughs> and so, uh, how to hold what is beautiful and uh, being sensitive beings, for sure, it's part of it. We might try to run away from it, avoid it, detest, hate, hate it. There is going to be uh, encounters at all sense doors that are unpleasant disturbing, you know, troubling, afflictive, you know. And so here we sit and we learn how to hold what is uh, troubling, you know. This is definitely an art, you know, and it can become what we could call a mastery, you know, mastering, uh, that's maybe how we would call somebody like the Buddha, somebody who mastered the art of uh, experiencing pleasure and displeasure at any sense door, the capacity to stay uh, like in the posture we are, you know, either on a chair, on a cushion, or whatever, you know, uh, it's a mental, a heart posture, how to hold what is happening with care, with care, with uh, vibrancy in the sense of not disconnecting, you know, it would make sense, you know, that if you see a few uh, ugly things, you know, experience one would disconnect but that's extremely painful also and so here we're looking that's the research how do you hold things you know I tried hating uh, things that are difficult it seems like it creates more trouble for me you know I tried desiring something else it seems like it's exhausting always to desire something else so we're trying this middle path it's called to actually hold what is there uh, carefully, caringly, you know. And sometimes it's nothing. It's <coughs> not even beautiful nor, uh, you know, difficult. It's neutral in this way. And even that, A, let's talk about freedom here, you know, the capacity to be in the middle of the difficulties, uh, resourced, you know, vibrant, uh, caring, uh, maybe you could think creative. Remaining creative when it's not going the way we want. Remaining uh, intuitive. Remaining uh, keeping integrity uh, when you know it's not go- going our way. Or when it's going our way. Or when it's not going. Neither our way, <laughs> not our way. Because there's a lot of this now in life. 
a lot of moments where this is not particularly, you know, like surround sounds, you know, Dolby, <laughs> like it's a little bit, it's not that three-dimensional, or it's just, you know, waiting for the bus. Wow, waiting, I love waiting for the bus. <laughs> but how could one be awake and free waiting for the bus? Isn't that a beautiful ideal? <laughs> I don't need to have what I want. I can, if I do get what I want, I can really rejoice, appreciate it. I don't become a, an asshole. <laughs> And if I don't get it, maybe there's a possibility of freedom. Even I'm, if I'm losing something, you know, maybe there's a way that I can lose something with heart, with care. Uh, You know, with uh, with the quality presence. Anyway, that's a bit of the, the, the research we do. So uh, here, as we were sitting just now, I was uh, inviting us. I don't know if you could hear me where you were, you know, because the body can be there and we know how the mind can be, uh, you know, back at work or at home. And, you know, it can be... Uh, in fantasy doing amazing things, you know, you're you would think if, if you depart, you may as well be doing amazing things in your mind. No, some of us are just, uh, you know, shopping carrots, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Sometimes I sit there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm taking out the garbage. Like, that's where I choose to go, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I'd like to wake up to that, become aware of this. <laughs> All You know, I'm going to check out now, folks. I'm going to go imagine a conversation that would turn really bad with somebody, which is never going to happen, by the way, because <laughs> I'm not in contact with them anymore. But just thinking, if I was in contact with that person and they said that, I would say that, and I can't believe they would say that. <laughs> you know? And so um, here we're... Um, so, okay, big, big, big parenthesis. What I was saying is, as we were sitting here, I was inviting us to become aware of the state of mind that was there live, eh? as it was happening. So waking up to our state of mind, when usually, for many of us, when there's a state of mind that is there, there's always one. You know, there's always a texture in the mind. There's never not a texture. Any, even no texture would be a particular texture compared to another version of the mind, you know. And so I was inviting us to become aware of it because you, a lot of the time, check this out, is that th true for you? When there's a mood, um, kind of qualities in the mind, we're actually following these, we're duped, you know? So I could be sitting here in hopelessness and I would not exactly know, I would just know that nothing's going to work out, you know? This is how it would be presented. So here we're waking up, oh, What's the state of mind? Pascal is asking me, what's the state of mind? What is this? Oh, hopeless. You know, or discouraged or uh, disheartened. Or quiet. Oh my God, quiet. Or what's the state of mind? You might discover, oh my God, it has so much to say in there. Like it has so many comments to offer about everything or one thing. And so we keep waking up to the state of mind Why? Because uh, freedom lies there, in the state of the mind. You know, that seems to be what the teachings are telling us. Um, 
you know, it's the way we encounter reality that's going to be um, garant. It's going to be, um, you know, uh, kind of the turning point huh? or the, the important point here, how we're meeting things. For me, over the course of practice, I think that's one of the big there's been a few big differences in understandings or way to be, ways to be, but one of the big was like, oh, it's not about getting what I want, it's about the way I meet reality. Oh my God. And you might be hearing this like, no, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if you remember, I think two weeks ago when I was here, I was talking about Rachel Lewis, the teacher. Do you remember what she said? But after we... Uh, when I was in Vancouver, we were uh, teaching together, and at the end of the sitting, she said, uh, she said, so now we were just practicing plan B. Plan A was for everything to go our way. That didn't work out. <laughs> so now we're going for plan B. Plan B is how to meet reality, you know, because plan A, having everything our way, doesn't seem to be happening. Some of us have tried for a few decades. <laughs> you know, and still, life and others misbehave. Even the heart or the body or the mind, you know, misbehaves. And so now we're going for plan B, how. How we're meeting it. How we're meeting it is a mind thing, you know. And so that's why it's good to check regularly. <coughs> that would be mindfulness practice. How? What's the state of this mind? How is it holding things? Are things held carefully? often we'll notice that maybe not. They're not held carefully. They're held kind of without much consideration or some kind of slight despise or they're, they're, I'm holding, you know, realities happening and I'm actually much more interested in the reality that could be or should be or should have been. You know, so checking the state of the mind might, oh, look at this, I'm fascinated by something that is not happening choice point here <laughs> could I actually meet reality instead of uh, and you know one could decide no I'm actually going to keep adoring something that is not you know fiction I really care about fiction things not happening you know? and so uh, we go in and we check this out and one way that I find uh, remarkable to discover the mind state is through sensory uh, awareness and so the way I understand the practice to work is we're sitting here and we pay attention to, let's say, sounds, hearing, the experience of hearing. And if we do this with a little duration, just stay there, hearing sounds, first the sounds are going to become present. It's not just us that's going to become present, but mindfulness gives presence to things. They do appear. Suddenly sounds do appear. They stand out. And if we stay there listening to local traffic sounds for a few moments, at some point we're going to discover how, in what state is the listener. And this is a very key point here. You know, because we could say, I'm really good at hear, hearing buses. <laughs> I hear buses, I can sit here all day and hear buses. <laughs> but I'm not free. Why? <laughs> Because you have to check the mind that is hearing buses. <laughs> How's the mind, you know? 
is the mind uh, developing some measure of calm, some uh, measure of, uh, you know, brightness, you know, uh, some maybe playfulness, if that's, you know, what could be there, or maybe compassion, care, tenderness, you know. And so, in the same way we could have chosen as an object of meditation the breath. Oh, not sound, let's just feel the breath, the belly rising and falling. So we'll do this for a few moments, and then we'll notice, oh, the mind is hooked. is hooked about something that happened this morning, and it keeps repeating that story. Can't believe I did that, and they did that, and they didn't do that. And, you know, oh, it's hooked, it's obsessed in some way. And so that's the insight we're discovering. So through sensory awareness, the breath, as an object of meditation, it's not just I stay with the breath. I mean, it could be. There could be the development of calm and concentration just with staying with the breath. But we're um, very interested in, uh, in discovering the state of the mind. So there's a teacher in uh, Burma, travels all around, is it often... I'll describe him like this because that's what I've seen a lot, is, is the teacher of teachers. So many of them, even my senior teachers, go sit with Utejenia. Uh, U means uncle or um, uh, revered. So revered Tejenia. And uh, he, teach, he teaches, when he teaches meditation, he teaches, we, we call it in, in lingo, in the Buddhist lingo or practice lingo, we say, oh, he teaches third foundation it doesn't teach awareness of body or awareness of breath it teaches awareness of mind so he's, he'll say that I don't mind, you can feel your toes you can feel your breath I don't actually mind you can actually be talking with people so you'll go on retreat with Utejinia <coughs> I don't know about these days there's been maybe different phases in his ways of teaching but you might go sit a retreat with him and instead of, like, if you come to the retreat with True North Insight uh, here in the, <coughs> in the area, or with moi, you know, we'll practice sitting, walking, and the retreat is going to be held in silence. That's kind of the setup of the research, you know, the laboratory. We say, let's put these in place, and in these, we'll make discoveries. You know, as we sit, as we walk, as we sit, we'll make discoveries about the heart and mind. Utejinia sometimes says, I actually don't mind if you're sitting or talking with somebody. If you're, I, I'm not going to start ringing a bell to tell you to stand or, sh- or sit. I want you to be aware of mind in whatever posture you're in, whatever activity you're doing. Check the quality of the mind. You know, some, some people during the retreat will come and like, hey, let's chat. And as we're chatting, you're checking the quality of your mind, I'm checking the quality of my mind. <laughs> and in order to, to know, you know, so, oh, okay, so now my mind just closed, you know, I actually want to say something, so I'm waiting for them to be finished with what they have to say, so I can actually, and so I'm checking my mind, you know, to find freedom in my own mind, to see how my mind gets stuck in uh, ways, you know. And so there's a particular kind of intelligence, I talk about this a lot here, that uh, particular kind of wisdom or discernment at the... Uh, a particular kind of investigation that we're doing when we're studying mind, qualities of the mind. Uh, there is, by the way, a quality right now, huh? and I can see it even externally from the outside. I can see it, you know, there's somebody who's sitting like this. 
<laughs> and so I, I can see they're actually, they want, they want, you know, they're attentive. There's the, the mind is like, I'm listening. I want to, I, I really want to understand this shit. <laughs> you know? So I can see that, and suddenly, whoops, ah, I can see the quality of the mind, you know? The quality of the mind, whoops, suddenly is expansive, huh? because there's a little joy there, and, you know? And, and no judgment around this, it's just we're studying qualities of mind. And so one particular kind of uh, discernment is we, um, I'll use a language I don't often use, and I used it uh, during the meditation just now, is the language of um, expansive mind state and uh, contracted mind states. So, you know, like we're in a research center. Now we're researching mind states. So we'll say, um, you know, we'll start with some kind of hypothesis. Let's, let's pretend or think there is uh, expansive mind states and uh, contracted mind states. Let's study them. You'll be each given a mind state for a few <laughs> moments, and it's, you know... You'll find out which one it is if you pay attention. Notice if it's a contracted one or, or uh, an expansive one. Expansive mind states seem to be less painful to feel than contracted mind states. And because all the research we're doing here is only interested in suffering and the end of suffering, that becomes pretty important. So we're not doing this to add a layer of judgment, you know, like, oh, you're in a contracted mind state, you shouldn't be. We're actually really researching uh, in this way that we don't have a judgment about stuff. We're interested. Oh, look at that, contracted. I have enough of this now. I want this to finish. You know, kind of impatient. Or whatever else, you know. Oh, that might be what uh, was suggested as contracted. I can see the mind is... You know, I think about uh, these often in terms for myself, in terms of uh, entangled, entangling, or liberating. You know, are they making my life uh, e- more easeful? Are they making my my life kind of uh, in, yeah entangled, contracted? And so <coughs> now I'm putting words into this, but this kind of um, investigation, exploration happens, uh, it can happen without words, because it's a felt sense, uh, contracted and expensive, entangling or liberating. Uh, It's a a way to feel it. And so um, it it can make life suddenly very interesting, because instead of watching reality in terms of what I want or what I don't want, we put these lens down, and we put on the lens of is the mind state here now contracted? Or, or so we use the senses, we use the intelligence to uh, become aware of the state of this mind. Because in the teaching it says freedom is going to exper- be experienced there. This is going to be the key point. You know? So how are you holding things? You know? And so, and we learn here to do this moment by moment because it switches so quickly. You know, you hear something and suddenly, self-righteous. How dare they, you know? Just went to, hey, lovely spring. How can they do that? (laughs) And that becomes interesting. That's where there can be a source of joy, even in contracted states, you know? 
where uh, you can catch the mind, you know, like contracting suddenly. Wow, look at that! I just saw the mind contract, you know, or collapse, or, you know, you'll use maybe your language for me, that'll be uh, from exploration, from felt sense, you know. And so here we, um, we learn to do this, and in the teachings, the Buddha s- says in that, what I called earlier, the third foundation of mindfulness, the th- third area of um, worthy of bringing attention in our life, mind state as they are happening, not so much the ones of the past or the one of the future. You know, <gasps> when I get home, it'll be so good to be home, I'll feel so much better home. This is a future mind state, it's not existing, you know. Or in the past, you know, this happened, I felt so much like this. This is a past mind state. We're redirecting attention to presently arisen mind state. That's the field of the research. It's good to define these uh, things, no? Because then, you know, you start, you know, using your mind well, you know, like, uh, at least that's what the teaching says, you know, there's a wise kind of attention, there's unwise attention. And so here we, it's saying wise attention would be very interested in presently arisen mind states, you know, the quality of the mind now. Um, so, yeah, so we turn an, 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 an interest uh, to this moment to moment because we'll see not only uh, which one is present, but how also the whole study is how, how to undo you know, abandon is the classic term that is used. How, s- how to abandon a contracted mind state. That's an art, you know. Because, you know, sometimes I feel I'm all like this and, okay, I would like to abandon. I noticed it, but it doesn't go away. You know, I still, uh, you know, chewing on that bone, <laughs> you know, or the mind is contracted in this way. So how to release um, a mind state that is, Another language could uh, vocabulary here could be unbeneficial for myself and others. You know that's going to be painful for me and for people around. You know, and so the art of uh, releasing, abandoning—that's a couple of decades just here of exploration, <laughs> and uh, the art of um, of uh, cultivating, inviting a mind state. Uh, that are helpful. So as we were practicing here, sitting here, sometimes I would say, notice the mind state. Is it friendly in there? Or not? So you notice, no, not friendly. Or, yes, friendly. Or then I would say, could it be? You know, just to see if there is this pliability in the mind-heart where, you know, you're sitting there, breathing, being attentive to breath, or caught in your thoughts, and the teacher says, you know, what's the quality of the mind, you know? And you know, it's like, oh, caught, was caught, but now I'm just awake for a moment. Is the mind friendly? Actually, no, it's not, you know? It's not particularly hateful either, but it's not friendly, you know? Could it be? And then, could it be friendly? No. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe c- when you hear, could it be friendly, suddenly there's just a little something that is a little friendlier, kinder, or you know, less edgy, demanding, or judging, you know, this vanishes for a few moments. Ah, et voila, here's a friendly mind, you know. And then how to cultivate this. 
So as we go about our day, you know, doing what we do, waiting for the, you know, traffic light to change, you know, in order to cross the street or, you know, whatever, you know, how is this mind friendly or not? Because one of the teachings says that uh, <coughs> we're always training the mind. So it's good to know what we're actually training. Huh? And what I find remarkable in practice, that I find, I tend to call it these days a kind of alchemy that I'm really interested in, is if I find a difficult mind state and it doesn't even go away when I notice it because, you know, the heart is heavy or broken in some ways or upset in some ways, I'm finding now that this possibility that even in that kind of field or ambiance, in inner kind of state or uh, environment, there's a possibility to bring tenderness in. You know, that there's a way to actually bring, oh, Pascal, really hard for you. Strong reaction. Oh, kind of uh, the, uh, yeah, this, the, the, the something, the dejected, is that, is that something, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dejected, oh, not easy, dejected, you know, not easy to feel, you know, and whoops, suddenly, the art of infusing the mind, the system, with tenderness, in order to release suffering, you know, so that's the whole of practice, is around uh, suffering and the end of suffering. And so by bringing a little tenderness, which I didn't know before, I thought if you're hopeless, you're hopeless, that's it, you know, things appear hopeless, et voila, you know. But hope for this to pass in some ways. And I'm like, actually, no, there's an active way that I can actually nurture, value, invite uh, uh, tenderness, you know. And the heaviness stays there, but it becomes held in some ways, you know. That's not easy, and it's not always possible. You know, don't want to put this as a, you know, yeah, you can always do this. No, sometimes it can't. For, you know, a few minutes, there's no resources. Or for a few days, you know, or might be for a few months, you know. But there might be other place, times where we di we discover, oh, actually, here it's possible. Here it's possible. I can do it on my own, or maybe I can do it through the help of something music, a class like this, you know, a walk with a friend, you know, or your own way, you know. Oh, I notice that if I do a little yoga, or if I draw a little bit, or if I knit, or, you know, it's wide open. You know? Oh, I notice that it induces a little bit more calm, or it removes the edges, the, you know, what the harshness, Oh, so it's good to know, huh? to know for ourselves, oh, when there's this, this is something I can do that helps a bit. We can even notice that we can do this with others, you know, in some ways. Ah, I know this one. When they're like this, you know, soup helps. <laughs> a little listening or, uh, and that's something that, uh, you know, humor, for example. You know, when I... Uh, teach on retreat, often some of the feedback after people would say, it was really helpful, your humor, because I was stuck in my story, and then you cracked a little joke, you know, and it's not, you know, comedy fest, you know, and one superficial joke after the other, but, you know, like a 
right little thing, pumps, it pops the kind of thing where bubble we're caught in, you know, at least for a moment. So we can see there's an ephemeral nature. It looks very, very intense and serious and it looks really stuck. And for a moment, whoops, the mind becomes uh, expansive, you know, opens, whoops, and then it collapses back in its uh, state, you know. But we've seen, ah, okay, that looks really unmovable, but yet it vanished for a few moments. So... Question, comments? Yes, please. I hear you talking about tenderness, uh, like caring, but I don't hear you the word kindness or compassion. What is for you? Um, tenderness, compassion, same. 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 Yeah. You know, um, over the years I've noticed that some words I use, they mean something, and at some point they become kind of flat. I'm saying them like they don't resonate for me. So, because I, you know, the person who comes a lot to my classes is moi. <laughs> I try to make it relevant for the student who's always sitting there. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, you're there again. <laughs> so, tenderness for me resonates these days, you know. Uh, maybe five years ago, I would say compassion, compassion, compassion. And now, you know, it's like impermanence. Impermanence, I've I got a 15 years, ru- you know, good run with impermanence. And I'm like hearing impermanence and it, like it's two-dimensional. I, it doesn't vibrate. So now I'm saying things are ephemeral, they're dynamic, they're, they're alive, they're living, you know. I try other ways to to conceptualize felt things, you know. So, yeah. When I say um, tenderness, do you, can you make the? Yeah, yeah, like holding, caring. Yeah. So does it sound close to compassion or different or same? Kind, more than anything, but compassion is a little bit different. Like for me, mm-hmm. so that's why I was. I, I yeah, you yeah. You know, we have our own like kind of felt sense for these words, huh? And so I notice some people use words sometimes they really resonate. I see they're using this word because for them it's such the right word, and for me, ah, you know, for example, concentration. It's a word that is very much in the teaching. I hear concentration and I get tense. <laughs> like, concentrate, get back, concentrate. You know. I'm like, so one of the beautiful factors of mine is concentration. You know? <laughs> I'm like, like I'm going to fail, you know. And, or effort, you know, effort. I'm like, okay, we have to push a car uphill, you know, with, that has no gas, you know. Like, it's, I'm exhausted just by the word, you know. So I have to give, you know, do tricks. And as a student, also, we have to do these tricks. Like, oh, when Pascal says that, you know. Because for a while, I would, instead of cultivating, you know, there's a lot of... We're cultivating this, we're, you know, developing this, we're cultivating, I would say fostering. And, and uh, somebody came to say, it's like, when you say fostering, like, it's so harsh for me. Like, I don't know if they have, like, you know, fo- you know foster care, foster, you know, like, there could be imi- associations that are, uh, you know, I don't know if I still say, but for a long time, I love to say benevolence, because benevolence, I've heard from Sylvia Borstein's uh, and I loved Sylvia Borstein's energy uh, uh, receiving her, teach, her teaching so I would say benevolence because the association is her and we're sensitive in this way it's true you know it's not like oh let's bypass this and reorganize this word no we are very sensitive being, beings and we you know 
voices, the, all kinds of things resonate in us in different ways, you know, and it's and we want to take this into account. Yes. The word heart resonates for me more than mine. Yes. Um, I I, ha- I had a scare in the womb, and I'm carrying fear uh, still. And now I'm now I'm um, now I'm releasing it. Um, but I guess because I'm I'm just like a baby. I think heart somehow when you speak of heart, it w- it works. I can, mm. I can resonate with that. Yeah. Good. It's it's good that I hear it, so I might uh, might influence my speech. And you know that maybe I, I don't know if it works. I can I can now um, when you say mind, I can now think heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's totally valid as a you know a, a synonymous or a, or a translation of uh, what uh, in the teaching I think the word is chitta in Pali, and chitta means is often translated by mind heart. Because, um, uh, you know, in our culture, mind would be here and heart would be here. But in some culture, mind is here, you know. And so they'll be appointing to, oh, check in your mind, check in your mind, you know. Um, um, and so, yeah, but... I can almost feel like an ache. Yeah. It's more... Yeah. Mind is... I don't know. It's not, yeah. It's not. I can't touch it. Totally, I hear you. I I totally uh, recognize what uh, you say. And uh, often in the teaching, we say heart mind. Mm-hmm. You know, to bring them together, kind of this particular kind of intelligence. And it's actually that's what we're developing here. It's a kind of intelligence that is not uh, reason or really cerebral in this way. You know, it's uh, it's a felt intelligence. You know, we want to. We spend a lot of time feeling the at the sensory level because there's a lot of intelligence there. You know, it's, uh, even I hear people don't say uh, there's a new uh, you know kind of wave of not saying mindfulness but saying heartfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, or Jack Cornfield would say, bring your loving awareness to. <coughs> you know, when uh, many years before it would be the practice was much more dry. You know, like not with the, so much with the heart qualities. It was like, notice, notice, label, notice this, notice that. That's it. Mind is more of a masculine thing. Ah. <laughs> and heart more feminine. Mm-hmm. And the teachers have been masculine. Yeah. Most of them. Yeah, most of them for 2,600. <laughs> 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 I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. But now you know, have you heard? We're moving beyond. <laughs> We're stopping being binarist. It's too oppressive for everybody. It keeps uh, power in place, and it's not true for everyone. And so I want to be uh, feminine, fully with my mustache. <laughs> you know, the younger generations, are, I think are, many of them are exploring this in uh, much more freedom, and it's good. I think it's a kind of evolution. I would... You know, somebody might have a different point of view, but I get the mic. <laughs> so I'm going to, prov- uh, you know, uh, promote the end of uh, gen- gender nor- normativity, gender oppression. So.
so that uh, we can all uh, express uh, ourselves as we feel, you know. You know, so that there can be softness in man that would be good for masculine toxicity. Is that the the expression? And uh, there can be, a, you know, an expression that is genderless. Uh, that can be a absolutely beautiful way to live. And uh, so the hard quality would be freed from being uh, only feminine or the mind only masculine. Um, yeah, thank you. I'm happy to hear fear is being released, by the way. It's a joy to hear. Did you have a question? Yeah, um, <coughs> I noticed that you often use the term uh, resourcing. Mm. And, uh, in the past, I, I remember that you've, you've kind of pointed to different, uh, maybe it's not the right word, but techniques to when there's intense sensations in the body to another different word, pendulate or oscillate or just shift awareness out of the intensity into, I think you've mentioned, your lobes or the tip of the nose or or whatever. And I wonder if you could just say more, like, do you, if there's an intense um, bodily sensation, do you shift out of it to a place in the body where there's more peace and then come back into the intensity if it's there and is there like a kind of oscillation or, or yeah that's a really skillful way to be so experiencing an intense emotion is not easy huh? and so let's say becoming aware of m- m- heart state not mind state we've let that one go <laughs> now it's heart state becoming aware of the state of the heart of the or the you know, if there's something very afflictive, very contracted mind state or oppressive in some way, you know, you'll find the perturbating, troubling. It can be really hard to check with this. And so maybe that would be a way with sensory awareness, for one thing. So if I come here, let's say, as emotions are often in the chest, throat, belly, not only, but often are, you know, if I feel very... Um, you know, heavy in the heart or broken or <coughs> anxious in some way or intense grief or something like this, it's, it would be hard to stay in that area, like I'm in the epi- epicenter of this. So one really skillful way that you're describing is to actually come and feel something that is not so unpleasant. Is there something in the field of awareness that can be known that is maybe more neutral, Maybe if, if it's accessible, something that is even uh, slightly uh, agreeable, you know. So if I'm here and I feel really, uh, it's really difficult to be Pascal, maybe actually looking out at the sky would help just a little bit, you know, bring a little space, you know. So my mind or heart is not expensive, it's contracted, but the sky is expensive, you know. So like becoming aware of space, Becoming aware of hearing could be a way to get out of feeling trapped in myself and my uh, heart state. So becoming aware of just hearing might give me a little bit of a break of, uh, you know, entrapment in this way. And so, as you say, checking somewhere in the body, because often when something is intense, we think everything is intense. We think the world... You know, there's only this intensity, of course, because it's so kind of vortexy and so uh, strong that it's hard to feel anything else. 
But with mindfulness in the development of practice, maybe at some point we're able to say, yes, yes, and what else? You know, so I would, I remember I have memories just uh, mentioning it, like being in deep, deep grief um, in retreat at some point, and it seemed like there was only this, only the world collapsing, kind of, like everything collapsing, and despair. Uh, and then I would do this, I would say, what else? What else is happening? Is there something else? And then I would feel the fingers, you know? Oh, there's no despair in there. There's just fingers resting. You know, I would be give a break to my vision, to my perception of everything doesn't make sense or is going to, you know, uh, uh, break, you know? And so, um, yeah, you sing uh, oscillation? Uh, yeah. And so going to touch, uh, let's say, in the fingers might not be the right place, but it might be, or the thighs, or the earlobes, or the, you know, it could be just um, watching the bell, you know, the bell is resting, it's not going to fall, you know, it's, and it's, you know, it's very slight what I'm saying, you know, you look around and you're like, is there something that is appeasing, could be a word here, like bringing, so I can see, you know, and, and I would look up. You know, I'm doing it in, 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 um, intuitively, just what happens, and I see the blanket that you're sitting on is resting, it's not going to fall, you know. And just the fact that it's reached its destination, for me, there's, there's something, oh, blanket is warm probably, you know, and, and it's resting. I can, oh, it's really hard to be in this system, but here's a blanket resting on ground, you know. And then in this way, I can regain some, uh, you know, confidence maybe, or being refreshed. And then I can say, okay, let's come and check again. Oh, very, you know, tearing apart, you know. <gasps> hard, hard. And then what else? Oh, sounds outside. You know? And so I'm not caught in the hard state. And so you choose to kind of go out to yeah. something else or somewhere in the body and then you choose to come back in? Yeah. And come out? Out, back in, in, out, and in. And just keep going like that? Yeah. So a lot of this is, in a way, based on somatic experiencing that mm. you might know this particular technique. And um, so I'm, th I'm not trained in this, but because I've been in a lot that's kind of... These practices mix at some point. I hear so many people, colleagues that I work with, uh, talk about this that it becomes what we do but uh, and, uh, and because I've s seen it from the outside and uh, from the inside I mean and uh, and so at some point what happens is there's a we gain confidence I'm not stuck there so I'm more willing to go actually and feel it so that's what I would call resourced you know so I can go there and go there with confidence with care with compassion and then I can feel you know the tearing and feel it with calm, maybe. Wow. Caring <coughs> of the heart. Wow. And suddenly I can feel, wow, I can feel this with calm. You know, amazing. The heart is tearing apart and it's okay. That's, uh, and that's very liberating, you know. Because otherwise I think, I can't feel this, I have to stop this, I hate this feeling this, I fear feeling this. And I'm like, I can actually feel this. I've learned, my teachers have 
showed me how to feel what is feels unbearable, you know. Not easy, but uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Shall we sit for a few m- minutes here? Or stand? Or lay down? Whatever feels right to you. And so if you want to practice this, just being aware once in a while or staying there, aware of the quality of the heart. There's many ways to talk about this, the heart qualities or the mind state, but it could be, I think Utejaniya uses a lot the word attitude. What's the attitude of the mind or the heart? What are the qualities could be, uh, we could talk about uh, the inner landscape, the ambiance, environment in there. there are waves in there, waves, a wave of impatience, or a wave of quietness. Sometimes the mind is curious, engaged, interested in reality. Sometimes it's not. All these states can be known consciously, lucidly. Sometimes there's no uh, word to describe it. It's just like this. Oh, it's like this inside, in me, right now. This is how it is.
sages say the heart is vast. It can contain anything. Dark summer cloud, rain, an army, a butterfly, brokenness, hope, heart is vast, it can contain anything or nothing.
may all beings, uh, no, uh, no exclusion, may all beings be uh, able to experience deep uh, peace and wakefulness in their heart and mind. May we all be free and uh, offer freedom and protection. Okay, that was today. <laughs> I don't know if we'll make it to California, but we were here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, as you go out, you'll see there's two boxes, as usual. One is to, uh, to uh, express uh, support uh, in the form of money for the center here, uh, Who's uh, wel- the, um, the the center and their owners uh, are welcoming us um, joyfully and kindly here, and the other box is to uh, support the teacher if uh, if you think it would be a good thing if uh, came uh, with clothes next time <laughs> and fed and having received medicine and things. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.